0: Death
1: starring Nicole and Jemmy and Maria QK. Hi everyone, welcome to Mother Knows Death. This week's story of the week is a 77-year-old murder, but it's it's still in the
0: headlines because it hasn't been solved yet. Ray, you want to talk about it? Yeah, so this past Monday, January 15th, was the 77th anniversary of the Black Dahlia murder. For those of you who are not familiar, you must not be a true crime fan because this is one of the most famous true crime cases of all. This 22-year-old woman, Elizabeth Short, her body was found cut in half, drained of blood, organs moved around, a smile carved into her face, very disturbing case to see this poor woman and her child walked upon the scene thought it was a mannequin lying in the ground only to realize it was this woman so this case was in Los Angeles in 1947 it has gone it is the old one of the oldest popular cold cases in true crime history there's much speculation about who committed the crime and how it was done but it's kind of been all over the place and there's no conclusive answers and now that I think it's safe to say that whoever killed this poor woman is probably dead. This case will never really officially be solved.
1: Yeah, it's it's so we did, since it was the 77th anniversary, we are doing in the grocery room a two-part high-profile death dissection, going through all of the details of the case, exactly what happened. So that's what we did this week. And then next week, we're going to go over the autopsy, what they found in the autopsy, and why that was significant and also we're going to talk about the investigation and why it's still a cold case. Um, I think one of the most shocking parts of the investigation is that there is a a man who is convinced that his father killed this woman and he has a pretty convincing story. But then there was another book written about another person who also there is a very convincing story that he was the one that killed her too. but. Just even to read the the autopsy report and just about the details of this case, it's very, very disturbing how this woman was killed. And she was killed in such a way that with such precision that they believe it was a person that had medical or anatomy knowledge as, as far as how well she was dissected, basically. And just other disturbing parts of the case she had a tattoo on her leg apparently that was carved out and shoved into her vagina and she had like maria said a smile carved into her face which is called a glasgow smile and it's a very specific injury that was common in the early or the 20s early 20th century um with gangs and it still continues today but it's when you cut someone from the corner of their mouth to their ear and it creates a smile and the the thought is is that you torture the person and you either punch them kick them in the genitals stab them or do something to make them scream and when they scream this incision rips open even further causing really horrible scars if you actually survive it but i thought that that was one of the most interesting parts of this case because of the time period it happened. What, what's the significance of that when it was popular in another country and it really wasn't a, a popular thing to do here the whole case is just it is so bizarre and it, it's sad that she'll never get justice you know but another interesting thing though is that she really wanted to be a Hollywood actress and she's she became super famous in her death which is which is an interesting thing
0: yeah it's very sad and An element I wanted to talk to you about is even though they've narrowed it down to a few suspects who each have convincing cases of why they're involved, so many people came forward and confessed to this crime. And I would love to have our friend of the show, Dr. Shaham Das on soon to kind of talk about the psychology of why there's all these false confessions to crimes. We see this a lot with a lot of popular cases that just people will come forward and make this confession that have nothing to do with it and it's so bizarre to me that they're fending off sometimes hundreds of fake confessions
1: yeah that that actually that happened with John Benet Ramsey remember some guy yeah that is true we should m- make a note to talk to Shaham about that and see what he thinks because it, it is very weird that I, I don't know if it's just people that are lost that want some kind of notoriety or something But yeah, why would you confess to something that you didn't do and then possibly go to jail for it it, when you didn't do it? It's just it's just like kind of a weird thing.
0: Yeah, so it's it's really a bummer because even if the the man that came forward that was a retired LAPD detective, he he had said in an interview that he collected so much evidence that he brought it to his friends at the district attorney and they said that there was enough evidence that if his father was still alive they would have brought the case to trial saying that though it doesn't necessarily mean that that man would have been convicted so it's even though we could potentially figure out who did it with all this like online sleuthing and having all these people reopen this case it doesn't really matter because whoever murdered her is now probably more Not than likely away with deceased. <laughs> Yeah, and they got away with it, so her crime is just never going to be solved, and we're never going to know why she was killed and why it was so gruesome and horrific. We just don't see cases of this level that often, fortunately, but it's really sad to see that she became famous in the most negative way, and this case is definitely really intriguing, and I'd be interested to see if just more information trickles out over the years.
1: We don't have any that many cases in the celebrity section this week. Well, there was a lot of repeat stories about just Shannon Doherty, and but it's we don't need to document every single every single moment of these people's lives and and their anticipated deaths. But one story that stuck out to us this week was that an actor from All My Children, who was only 50 years old, died. Do you want to talk about him? His name's Alec. Mooser. Alec Mooser. Did you watch this show when it was on? All my children? Yeah. No, but like my mom did. How old but how old could he have been on it? Because I it was out when I was a little kid. I mean they're I talking think about he the was soap on this op- later.
0: The soap opera. This, right? is, this is the show that Kelly Ripa met her husband, Mark Consuelos, on. They're both on this show. Oh, I don't so I don't guy- know. Like
1: my my mom watched one of them but like one of my friends growing up her parents watched one of them too like all the time it was really weird i just never got into them i thought they were so weird
0: yeah i'm pretty sure this was on in the 90s but anyway this guy just alec muser just died and he was 50 years old which is so young to die his fiance is saying he had a severe case of covid prior to his death which she is believing to be relevant to why he's dead but we're still pending an official cause of death pending autopsy results, but he is very young to have just suddenly died. Yeah,
1: she said that he had uh that he was fully vaccinated and boosted and all that stuff, but the autopsy will tell. I think it's weird that she's saying I think that's why he died because I'm like, wouldn't you know that he was in the hospital and wouldn't they have told you that was why he died? <laughs> I don't know. Well yeah. I mean I'm assuming it he- they're they're engaged that she was involved in, in the process, but yeah, I mean the autopsy will tell. They'll take sections of the lung and they'll do viral testing and they'll be able to figure out if just because even if he is positive with COVID, that doesn't mean that that's what killed him. So they're going to have to see if that was his cause of death or maybe because not only does it cause like a severe pneumonia, but it also could cause clotting issues and stuff. It, um, it so they'll they'll see all that at autopsy. So we'll we'll report back to you when we get the results on that.
0: Yeah, and he was—he died at his home, so I'm not really sure. They were, they were also saying that he had just posted a couple days before that he was surfing. As we know with social media, you could definitely be surfing and wait like four months to post a picture, so it doesn't necessarily mean he was surfing that day, but it is sad to see that he was possibly going through a really hard time and really sick and then suddenly died, and maybe the COVID kind of just, just knocked him off, and he had some other underlying condition that we're just not aware of so we'll let everybody yeah know and i'm just i'm not updates. sure if
1: i would use the word severe covid if he wasn't even hospitalized for it he just maybe he just had a bad cold i don't know but whatever yeah, yeah like there's no sense of speculating we'll, we'll find out eventually all right freak accidents this week this one is something that i really always think looks so beautiful in the air and want to do it but i'm scared to death for this very reason so
0: New fear unlocked and new thing I learned also is that you could skydive out of a hot air balloon, but that's not even the problem in this case. Yeah, I didn't I so, didn't know that either. And I was just like, the people are crazy. I'm just not, I'm not that oh, brave. Yeah. So 13 people were on board of this hot air balloon in the Arizona desert. Eight of those were skydivers that successfully jumped out and completed their journey shortly after the real issue began. So something happened that caused the balloon to crash into the desert terrain and the the five remaining people on board out of the five remaining people on board four of them died and one is in critical condition. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to survive something like that. It it I guess there's
1: different ways that you can die. You can get I think one got like wrapped up in electrical wires a couple years yeah. ago, right? Which I don't even want to think of, about that, but there could be fires and just blunt trauma from falling from a, a really high height. Um, kind of surprised that someone even did survive, but maybe they won't even pull through. I don't know. I mean, hopefully they do, but I can't imagine what their story is going to be telling Telling this. It's, so, it's just so scary. But I mean, if you ever look at them up in the air, they just look so cool and so beautiful. And obviously so many people do it all the time and they don't have any problems but it's just it's just kind of this thing that doesn't need to exist and it's a huge risk and i don't know but i i imagine that if you actually did it like what if you what if you go up and you freak out so bad cuz you're so high and you're like in the corner <laughs> of the basket crying
0: okay that that's what i picture i would be doing So I have this like pop culture moment ingrained in my brain, which is remember I used to watch as a little kid that Amanda show with Amanda Bynes when she was a little kid. There was a skit on that show where her mom was lost in a hot air balloon (laughs) (laughs) somewhere and they would show her floating around like wondering how the daughter was doing. And I, I feel like it was called Moody's Point or something. It was making fun of a dramatic show. But I just—that's like permanently in my brain, associated with hot air balloons, and I always think about that. And then we have the hot air balloon at our at the Philadelphia Zoo. Is that even still open? I don't. I don't know. Balloon? I every single. I've never been yeah, on. Me one. neither. I didn't even
1: go because that one's kind of controlled because it's attached to to strings, <laughs> so it goes <laughs> up like a certain amount and then it can't go anymore because it's attached to the ground. I, every time I went to the zoo, it was like. It was not open, so I, I never got a chance to go on it. I don't even know if they do it anymore, but it's kind it, of remember.
0: I also remember being a little kid driving on 76 and you being like, look, it's going up!" You can see it. <laughs> so as a little kid, it's cool to see. I totally agree with you. They're very beautiful. And do you ever see they do the hot air balloon festivals where there's a bunch of them in the sky? Yeah, I might be it's- interested in just going and like looking at that, <laughs> not really being involved yeah. any other way. I'm I'm good because there was another case where in Mexico one caught on fire and people yeah, got no. severely injured. So. Hot air
1: balloons are like they're so 80s. They used to like when I was a kid they used to sell these posters that you would like hang up in your room of hot air balloons. You know how like unicorns were popular? It was like hot air balloons were all the rage. It's kind of funny. It's a popular nursery theme right now. I've noticed a lot. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> everything old is new again. This this case this next freak accident is it's scary and I feel like even though the mom was probably mostly in the wrong in this case I feel like this is something that probably could have happened to me because I just feel like it's it's easy um well I'm thankful you said that
0: because I was going to point up as well
1: yeah because so let's let's tell you what happened so There was this family in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they wanted to go out to lunch. So they went to this place that was called the Common Market, and it is described as an uncommon convenience store, deli, and bar. So first, if I'm traveling and I read that, I want to go to a place like that because I want to go to somewhere fun. When it says uncommon, I wouldn't think – I would just think that they had, I don't know, some, like, fancier food or something – as instead of a club sandwich it might be like curry chicken club sandwich <laughs> <So> <laughs> i would i wouldn't expect what happened so the the mom went with her her young son and they bought these freeze-dried skittles and the kid wanted to try them and th- we were just on on a trip and the the freeze-dried candy was like all the rage on the whole trip so this same exact thing happened to me the kids were like can we get these freeze-dried uh peach rings or whatever and i'm like okay sure and they bought them. I didn't look at the bag. I mean, we were in a candy store, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I didn't look at the bag to see like what was in it or whatever. But so she buys these Skittles for her kid and the kid eats the Skittles and then it ends up that they're THC, uh, they have the Delta 9 THC in them and they're they're like weed candy. And the kid ate most of the bag and obviously got really high and really sick.
0: Yeah, so so this kid learned about, I'm assuming where the girls also learned about it, which is YouTube. Well, I'm not assuming. This kid said he learned about freeze-dried candy on okay. YouTube, and I that's why I'm assuming the kids learned about it on there too, right? So he sees these on the counter, and it was freeze-dried Skittles, and he wanted to try them. The mom thought nothing was wrong with it. Each adult at the table ate one to two pieces, but he ate around 40 pieces of this candy, right? And nobody thought which is, anything was wrong. Which is also just something that would totally happen in our house.
1: Like, I I would be like, oh, let me try that, and then it's too sweet or something, and I don't want it, and the kids will
0: eat the whole bag, right? I mean, listen, like, there's a couple candy, like Skittles, for real Skittles, for example, I'll eat a couple pieces, but I've just been recently introduced in the last year to Nerd Clusters, and I'll eat the entire bag in one sitting, <laughs> so... Totally see how it could happen. But they didn't really realize anything was wrong until he started exhibiting symptoms. So, yeah, it turns out it's this Delta-9, which marijuana sales are illegal in North Carolina, but there's this loophole where they could sell, I guess, extracts of THC, which Delta-9 is considered, even though Delta-9 is the component of THC that makes you high. So I don't really get it, but it's the same weird thing with CBD, which... I don't know if you've ever had CBD, but I've had it in the past, and I feel like it's almost more dangerous because it makes your body really lethargic, but your mind isn't quite there, so that's kind of really scary for me because I don't think you realize the two aren't too, like, in in connection with each other, but... Okay, so this article showed a picture of the packaging. So, so this is first, this is
1: exactly where the story. So when you when you hear the first start, part of the story, you're like, oh my god, this is like a problem. But then, when you when you see the photo of the packaging, then you're like, okay, like you didn't- you're like, come <laughs> you didn't, on, you didn't know this was weed candy. You're, you're kind of dumb right now. All right, Teix, yeah, Describe the, it. What first? What was a, it called? I don't. Did you write it, down the exact It, it exactly, was like. I, z- Skittles, yeah. like it yeah. didn't say it didn't say Skittles. It was
0: like ZZ Skittles. Yeah, it was like it was like Skizzles. Yeah. like and then <laughs> it was Skizzles, and then there was a a picture of a man, and then there was a logo with a marijuana. It leaf was like on a it. biohazard label with a giant
1: weed leaf, and then on the back it was like Delta THC. This is the dose. Like if any so person this- <laughs> just looked at the bag yes. at a glance
0: you would know what it was. So, all right. On one end, the store clerk is in the wrong because they did not card the person as they should have carded them per the store's policies, even though Delta 9 is legally sold in North okay, Carolina. Okay, but what if this lady was 45 years old? Like, do you have to card people? Really? Yeah, ex- exactly. There, I, I believe with alcohol... If anybody, well, I know with alcohol, at least in our area, if somebody's under 30 years old, you have to card them if you think they look under 30, not under 21, under 30. So I don't know if it's the same with weed. I feel like with weed, everybody has to get carded no matter if they're 95 years old. But maybe this person was like, I'm definitely safe because this person's of age. They didn't say anything. That's not their problem to be like, you know, you're buying weed candy, right? Because the package is clear as day that it's a marijuana-based product. So, I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm not siding with this lady on this.
1: It's just cuz we travel, you know, not a lot, but we travel with the kids and stuff and it's like I I don't know. I personally wouldn't think that a convenience store would just sell that kind of stuff on the edge, but I I also don't know if I would just like let them have something that wasn't like a familiar brand or something.
0: I don't know, but maybe, maybe I would. That's why I say like, eh,
1: this, this well, they're saying
0: could- only, they're saying only after the kids started exhibiting symptoms, did somebody in the family member read the packaging and discover what it was. It is funny though, that they
1: were saying that a bunch of adults at the table. So they were passing around this bag and not one person was like, Wait, why is there a giant weed leaf on here and why isn't it called Skittles? It's
0: called like Skizit whatever it was called. Yeah, like Skizzles. <laughs> um Uh Yeah. I and I'm sorry, but if you've ever had any candy or anything that has weed in it, um no matter how delicious it is, it has that gross tinge of, of Yeah. It. And I guess the the mom said
1: that the kid started having all these symptoms and she was like blowing them off saying you have to go to the bathroom or something. And then the kid said something that the water didn't taste right. And then she said that she had heard that that was a sign of poisoning. And that's when she was like, oh, my God, I got to take this kid to the hospital and took the kid to the hospital.
0: So at the hospital, he slept for 17 (laughs) hours straight. (laughs) And so he was released. So. It, it is a shame because a 6-year-old should not be getting high but I think we could agree that both sides have some wrongdoing. Yeah. I mean in this. I think
1: it's it's funny it, like it's a funny kid story. It'll be like oh remember that time like mom got me high one of those <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one of those good kid stories but and, and luckily we could like laugh about this cuz the kid just ended up sleeping for a whole day and like he's fine but it, it is it's scary in the sense that like how easily we we talked about this with um the when we were talking about poisonings and everything that how scary it is that people can give you drugs poison and you eat it very you trust that what you're eating and I mean the kid was poisoned essentially and that's scary and luckily it all worked out well but. Yeah, I'm good. I am. I, don't know. This- I am good. Glad- I listen. If this happened to me, I'd be super embarrassed about it, and I wouldn't be going on TikTok being like, "Listen, I'm a horrible mom. Like, I let my kids eat some shit. I didn't even read the bag, whatever."
0: Well, but I'm glad. I she think did. she was going on. I think she was going on TikTok as like a PSA. But it's like, lady, you didn't read the label. <laughs> so what do you? And they're called like skizzittles. They're not regular candy. Yeah, I don't. It looks. It looks exactly like every other type of yeah. It's candy. in like it wasn't the bag like like bra-
1: like a brown bag color with an like you just don't normally buy candy that looks like that. I I don't know. Listen, like you can. I don't know what to say. I don't want to completely blame her because I think the same thing could probably happen to me. I'm glad she told everybody. So now people. <laughs> know. all right. So the next story in freak accidents is another one that. Has a happy ending, thank God. The, this mom was driving around with her daughter in the back seat, and a tire popped off of a car in the that was going in the opposite direction and went over the median and smashed into the windshield. Luckily, it hit on the passenger side of the windshield, and luckily, the child was in the back seat of the car. Guess who I sent this story to today? <laughs> Who? Gabe. Because he always puts lets the kids drive in the front seat when I'm not in the car. And it drives me <laughs> fucking crazy. Because I, I'm like, they're not old enough. They shouldn't be sitting there. And but he wants to be like dad hero of the year when he picks the kids up from school and like, ooh, I let you sit in the front and your mom doesn't. Uh, you know, whatever. But this is the they said that the police were like, thank God she was in the back seat because the windshield the
0: most damage was right to the passenger seat and well yeah scary they always ask me to sit in the front seat when i drive them but i'm still scared of you so i don't <laughs> <laughs> i say i always say no
1: like if we're which it's it's stupid if we're going to softball that's like around the block like i'll be like okay you guys could which is just dumb because an accident can happen anytime but i won't even go on a major road because i'm i'm just i always just go down a rabbit hole and stuff and There's just no reason for it that that's, if it's like, oh, we have too many kids and this and that, if there was like a reason for it, it would make more sense. But I don't know. And, but the, the, one of the reasons I wanted to put this story in here is because when, when I was in PA school, one of my friends, LP, she had, she was at the medical examiners rotating there. And there was a case of this happening on 95 in Philly a tire popped off of a car or maybe it was a truck. I don't know what it was, but it went over the median and hit uh, the windshield and the guy was driving and it like knocked his head off. It was that hard. Like he obviously he went to the medical examiner's office and he was dead. And apparently um, it seemed like his wife was in the car and, and witnessed it and just, just terrible and it's always been a fear of mine since lp told me about that autopsy because you know it happened on a highway that we travel to all the time it was like right near the airport
0: yeah this is some total like final destination death like so weird horrible but at least in this case these two were okay yeah and their car and you need to look up the article and look at their car because you
1: would be like holy shit like how scary is that
0: This episode is brought to you by Stink Bomb. Valentine's Day is less than a month away, and Stink Bomb has a variety of options as the perfect little gift for a loved one.
1: Yeah, if you don't really know what to get someone in your life, especially someone that has a stinky job like a nurse, a doctor, anyone that works in the hospital really, or even more important, like a new parent that's changing diapers, this would be a hilarious gift to get a new dad who is just totally skeeved out by changing a diaper.
0: Yeah, Stink Bomb has a variety of different gift packs. They have the mom pack, the dad pack. They have a fruit basket, which would be super cute to give someone. They have a happy hour with a Moscow mule, Irish cream, pina colada, bourbon flavor. There's really a scent for everybody. So check out stinkbombodorblocker.com and use code MKD15. Thanks, Stink Bomb. Let's get started with violent crimes. I feel like we should have an asshole of the week category because we have just certain stories where these people are just so unbelievable and I can't believe that these are even things that really happen. Yeah, this this lady definitely deserves asshole of the week for sure. So this happened in June of 2023. This woman was living with her boyfriend in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. The boyfriend had visitation rights of his 18-month-old daughter that weekend so he goes out to the store and the girlfriend calls and says something's wrong with the baby when the guy returns home the baby's unresponsive 911's called and the baby's rushed to the hospital four days later the baby dies so the girlfriend says that the child had hit her head quote cramped up and fell off the bed and therefore became unresponsive the autopsy showed however that The child had ingested numerous water beads along with button-shaped batteries and metal screw months before she died, and then determined that her cause of death had been from consuming acetone. Yeah, and this, this,
1: not only is this lady an asshole, but she's a stupid, she's stupid. She's a stupid ass, as Pop Pop would say. Um, (laughs) She, so... They started unraveling what happened to the child because, number one, if you said that a kid hit them their head and you do the autopsy and there's not a single bump on their head, then it's going to be a little bit suspicious. But on top of that, she had all of these crazy searches on the internet and she was looking for things that were common household items that were dangerous and harmful to children looking for toys that would are harmful for children and she was really doing research to find out how she could accidentally kill this kid and so let me tell you about some of the things that they found in in her in her blood obviously she had a fatal level of acetone which is a common chemical that's used to take off nail polish um so they, they figured out that this woman was feeding this child acetone or nail polish remover. Um and then the other things that they found were the button batteries. So when a child ingests these button batteries, they they can erode inside of the GI tract and cause a perforation and ultimately cause death. And these are like the little tiny silver batteries that they're called button batteries because they are the size of a button and they, they're common in, like, little remote controls and stuff, and that's why you shouldn't give a baby that because if they, they put everything in their mouth and the but the battery can get accidentally ingested. And the water beads we talked about, too, around Christmas time because that's another common thing that children play with these. They're, they're like sensory beads. They're these small beads, and when you put them in water, they expand. And kids like to play with them like older kids like to play with them, but younger kids, if they put them in the mouth, the little tiny beads then expand in the GI tract and they can cause an obstruction, which then can also cause a perforation, which could also lead to death as well. So this woman was intentionally letting this child either play with these things or actually feeding these things to this child. And the child... If they're saying that these items were there for months, it means that they that they were stuck in there and had some kind of an obstruction or something like that, that that they noticed that autopsy. And it's just it's just terrifying to think that if you have a boyfriend or you have a husband and you guys break up or get divorced and then you have to send your kid to visitation to another house that some other person there would be harming your child when they're not in your custody. It's so
0: scary. So now this woman faces homicide charges, which is why it's relevant this week. And they said when they read the charges, she just stood in court, totally emotionless and blank face. So that's really nice to hear. What, what is wrong with
1: these morons that are searching that they think that they're going to get away with this stuff and they're
0: searching it. Like, are you, you're 20 years old. You don't know how the internet works by now? Really? Hey, you don't know clearing your history doesn't erase it. Once you type something in, it's there forever. It doesn't matter. What a moron. People are serious idiots. So we're deeming this lady asshole of the An week. An idiot of the week. All right. The, the next yes. case
1: that we're talking about is also a really old case that happened in 1968. This guy who has been called the butcher of Belarus is walking free.
0: So this guy, Vincent DeRosa, when he was 16 years old in 1968, he kidnapped a four-year-old child that lived in his neighborhood, slaughtered her, and stuffed her in a suitcase. This is really disturbing because he also joined the search party for the little girl, which I also think would be a really awesome topic to bring up with Dr. Doss. Why did these killers join search parties? I know Jeffrey Dahmer took part in some of his victim's search parties as well. And then the girl's body was eventually found in the attic of his family home in 1968, 11 days after her disappearance. And so first in this case, he went to jail until 1975. So for only seven years, and he got released when he was 23. At the time, he was only charged with manslaughter, which I think is very, very bizarre because this is definitely a first degree murder. And we don't
1: really know what I don't, I really couldn't find if he ever said what the motive was. He he kidnapped her and said apparently that she was like talking too much. So he shoved a, a rag in her mouth and I don't even know what her cause of death was, but she was, her, her neck was broke. Her bones were broke. I don't know if she was asphyxiated with this thing. He said he stuffed in her mouth and put her in a suitcase. Apparently it didn't seem as if she was sexually assaulted, but like, why, like, why did you do that? Why would you just kidnap a child? Apparently, they were sitting on the stoop, and the mom went in the house or something to go to the bathroom. And then she came out, and the kid was gone. And the the most the most fucked up part of this is that the her brother is still alive, who's now uh, obviously an old man, and said that the mom cried every day of her life after this kid died. I mean... The, the the children, uh, the kids, the kid that died had siblings that were only 10 and 12 years old. If the dad cried. I, I mean, like, think about how this ripped apart an entire neighborhood and an entire family for the rest of their life. Like, th- this woman cried every day of her life until she died as an old lady. Like,
0: th- how horrible is that? And then this guy got out of jail a couple years later. Well, I'm wondering if because he was technically a minor when he committed the crime, if that's why it was a lesser sentence, but it's absolutely disgusting to serve seven years for taking a child's life. So, shocker, 15 years later, in 1983, he then killed an 18-year-old foreign exchange student after he went disappearing after a night of drinking with this guy, and... Buried him in a shallow grave in his backyard, so his brothers two years later were digging in the backyard and find skeletal remains and their brother's glasses with the skeletal remain, which kind of sealed the deal that he did it. So, then he got served, or he got sentenced to 25 years to life in prison, he has served 35 of those years, and now he has been granted parole at 72 years old and he will be getting out of jail again. Yeah, I just I I can't wrap my brain around it. I just can't. And really,
1: I do like how I see things changing because you see a lot of kids that I think it was in uh Philly last year, like a bunch of kids beat to death this guy with a with a traffic cone or something and they're getting charged and I'm glad that they're starting to be like, "Alright, a kid that's 16 years old can get charged with murder now because when you're 16, although your brain is not developed and you do dumb shit, I, I don't think that you do dumb shit like kill a person. You you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that yeah. there has to be a distinction. And I'm glad that they're not just making this blanket roll. Like, because that's how I feel like it used to be back in the day. Like, you're under 18. It doesn't count kind of thing. And imagine, I just think about this little kid's parents... So in 1975, it wasn't even that many years later, their kids weren't even 18 years old yet, probably, and the guy got out of jail again. They must have been terrified.
0: Well, and who knows what he did in between the 15 years that he wasn't caught? I'm I'm, I'm sure. Like, he was a saint. I don't think you just go on break. No, Exactly. So, back to your point earlier, the first victim's brother is still alive and says that nobody notified him he was out of jail. He's scared of this guy getting released. 72 years old is not that old. You know, the when the Golden State Killer was arrested a couple of years ago, he acted like this frail old man, and they had videos of him in the jail being extremely active, and it was really scary to see, because this guy could still get out and commit a crime, no problem. It's not like he's 95 and on death's door. Like... You just don't know, and it's really scary that they're just letting this guy out again after they already proved that he was released and killed again. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, it was
1: he he killed someone, like, I don't know, it was a bar fight or whatever, and there were witnesses, and the guy died by accident. Like, think about this. We talked about this last week, the SEPTA train. Those two people were fighting on the platform and the, he punched the guy. The guy fell backwards and got ran over by a train. That guy didn't, I, I more than likely will say that that guy didn't go on the train platform that day planning to push a person in front of a train and have them die. It seemed like it was like an impulsive fight that ended up, and I believe he punched the guy and then the guy fell backwards. Like he didn't push the
0: guy well, that's that's manslaughter. That's a death resulting in a reckless action. Yeah, that. So that's why I don't understand. It has to be because he was a minor when he committed the first crime with the child, because that is first degree murder. He took her with the intention of killing her. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like I just, how could you think
1: that a person could ever be rehabilitated that thinks it's okay to just take a child off of a step and and freaking kill them and jam them in a suitcase like. I'm sorry, but I I feel like those people just need to be away for life because they're they're just ruined. Like, there's no coming back from that.
0: Let's get into the medical stories this week. So this Turkish doctor is selling weight loss, quote, holidays, which I believe is a vacation (laughs) in American speak, but... He told an undercover BBC reporter that she needed to gain weight in order to be eligible for a gastric sleeve surgery. So can you explain the unethical nature behind this decision? So this medical tourism is is a really hot topic right
1: now because surgeries are becoming really expensive, and especially plastic surgeries, or cosmetic procedures. And people are deciding like, hey, I know in America, I could get a Brazilian butt lift for $10,000. But if I go to Mexico, I could get one for $2,000. And you, you get what you pay for kind of thing. You don't know the regulations in the different countries that you're traveling to. And this story takes place in the UK. And they were specifically talking about like medical weight loss surgery sleeve gastrectomy, which is when they cut a portion of the stomach off to make the stomach itself smaller. And what happens during this surgery? So in America, for the most part, that's covered under health insurance if you meet certain criteria. And apparently in Turkey, they won't do the procedure either unless you meet the certain criteria, which they shouldn't do it anywhere because you don't need it done It's it's a surgery that's to combat obesity. Right. So this person from the BBC reporter, she went and pretended like she was going to go get this done. And when she went there, her BMI was only 24. I think it was. It was pretty. Yeah. 24. Yeah. And it was it was so that's like a normal weight. And she went and the guy was like, well, I'm going to schedule you for surgery, but you got to make sure that you gain weight because your BMI has to be 30. <laughs> and it, it just seems so, it's so unethical to say, hey, you're a normal weight, but gain this weight in order to get this surgery done so I could get paid. And the thing is, is that in the UK, this reporter was saying that it's between 10 and 15,000 with their money's pounds, right? Yeah, ten to fifteen thousand pounds to get this surgery done in the UK, but in Turkey you could get the same surgery done for two thousand pounds. So they were just going undercover to be like, well, what's going on at these at these shady like things, right? And she said that she went for the consultation and she said that her BMI was twenty one. She said they never weighed her, they never asked anything. So. It looks like this whole entire thing is to get people in, this doctor's gonna get paid two grand to do this procedure and he doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't care if you go home and you drop dead or anything. He's getting his two grand. So he's just telling you like, Hey, I only could do this surgery if you if you gain weight. So it's it's
0: it's really kind of outrageous to be honest with you. Yeah, you kind of get what you pay for in these circumstances. It's better to like do the research and make sure you're getting a really good practice instead of just getting the right price. I mean, listen, a
1: lot of people do this all the time. They go to Brazil, they go to Mexico, and they get things done, and they have no issues. And it's like they saved a lot of money, right? But there's horror stories, especially with the Brazilian butt lift situation of just people Mm -hmm. dying, necrosis, all this crazy stuff happening. because you you just don't they don't have the same regulations as here but there's definitely a, a lot of countries that have the same regulations that we do and it's safe to get surgery in other countries but you just don't know what you're getting if you're just going on a vacation to get surgery
0: so it's probably best not to do it okay let's talk about this tide pod Jesus situation Christ. So I feel like when I was in college the initial fad started where people were taking videos and putting them online of them chewing them and gagging to see how much they could handle. And then we actually have a cousin that knows somebody whose child died eating one by accident that oh, fell yeah, on the ground. I forgot about that.
1: Well so they, but so the reason that laundry pods are back in the news is because some politicians in Taiwan they're having an election they decided to give out as you know how like JFK would give out pins with his name on it during the election time and stuff? No. In Taiwan they're giving out Tide Pods.
0: And this is another situation of if if you guys are in the grocery room, we link all the stories we talk about so you could easily see all the pictures we're referencing. But this is a case where I looked at these pictures and Tide Pods look like detergent to me and these did look like candies they looked like little fun syrups and plain pouches and some people that have maybe never seen detergent pods before would have absolutely no idea what this would be it definitely could very easily be mistaken by candy especially by the 80 year old man and 86 year old woman that in taiwan that consumed these yeah and, and like
1: who <laughs> Exactly, like, even in, let's say that even happened in America, or happened anywhere, like, why would you think that a political candidate was sending you laundry detergent? Like, it's kind of rude, like, does he (laughs) think that they need the detergent? I I don't even know, I don't even know what would be behind it, like, why they would do it, but like Maria was saying, the photo shows, it, it does have that little disintegrating, like, wrap that they have on the outside of them. But it's like two little ones and one was green and one was blue, I think. But I could see that an elderly person could think that that was a piece of candy of some sort. I mean, obviously you would know right away that it wasn't, but it's too late. These things are are filled with polymers and ethanol and hydrogen peroxide and they're toxic. And when this was happening, this was like a popular thing that was happening Um, Back in 2018, it was blamed for 10 deaths, and two of them were toddlers, which you could understand that that would be appealing to a little kid, but eight of them were
0: senior citizens with dementia. So apparently, that's a thing. They're saying they're trying to get these laundry pods banned completely. I think this could be solved with a little stamp on it that says detergent. Like I don't think they need to be banned. It does not need to
1: be banned at all. It just needs to be in... Because you, if you go through your cabinet, especially your cleaning materials, everything needs to be banned because a kid could die from eating any of them, right? You have to keep it closed and not available to children. That's the parent's job, right? I do think, however, that politicians should not be giving them out as party favors. Like, that should be banned. The practice of Tide
0: Pods as c- candy favors should be banned. I'm I'm okay with that. It's it's very weird to just give somebody <laughs> detergent. I'm sorry. Like I think it's kind of really rude. That th- <laughs> they're probably they're probably thinking like, "Hey, laundry
1: detergent's really expensive. If we give this person like a load of free laundry, then maybe they'll vote for us." I I don't know what the thinking is. It's it's it's, it's so
0: bizarre. It's so bizarre. I don't blame these people. They were elders and they didn't know better and it does look like candy. So agreed. All right, this next case is
1: is messed up. Again, this happened back in 2018. So there was an Asian couple that spent over a hundred thousand dollars to get IVF treatment so they could have a baby. And the woman got pregnant and was told that she was she got pregnant with two girls, and shit started unraveling real fast when she had her ultrasound done. And they were like, Congratulations, you're present, you're pregnant with twin boys. So that was when they first started questioning the IVF clinic like, hey, I thought you said you put two girls inside me and I have two boys inside me and they kind of denied it and blew it off. But the ultimate test came when she gave birth to two boys that were not only male, but they were white kids when this was an Asian couple.
0: Yeah, and the most messed up part of this was they were forced to give up the kids to the true biological parents. Yeah, so... How horrible is that? Yeah, going
1: through an entire pregnancy and then finding out quite early on in your pregnancy that something might not be right, but, but still going along with it, going through the whole pregnancy, giving birth, and then having to give
0: the babies away. And the true biological mother to these embryos... Was also mistakenly implanted with somebody else's embryo, but that ended up in a miscarriage. So this fertility clinic is all over the place. I would be
1: so scared if if I did if I had IVF or something. Just having in the back of my mind, like, was that did did someone there screw that up? Because how how crazy is that? And especially if you went to that particular clinic, I would be like getting DNA testing done and stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter ultimately if you love your kid, it's your kid, whatever, but it, it's it's you would also want to know if your biological child was being raised by
0: someone else, right? Well, yeah, I think there's many problems in this. It, the, the first couple that gave birth, like they, the woman went through the entire experience of thinking she was going to become a mother, having her body change, delivering the babies only to find out that they're not hers, and then she can't even keep them. There's, there's, there's this component of it where you might, there might be a switch up and you could deliver the wrong baby, but you raise that kid as your own, and who cares? Because a kid is a kid, and you want to form a loving bond with them. But to give birth and then have to immediately give them away, how could you ever get over that? I, I don't know. It'd be you would have serious it issues. Would be, yeah, it's like a, it's like a life ruining event, and plus, who knows? And maybe if, she couldn't have any more kids or something. Like it's it sucks. Yeah, and if you're going through, I think that, I don't want to say this about everybody, but I want to say if most people going through IVF, I assume, have had issues with natural conception, which is why they're going this route. So it's not only enough that you have to go through this whole mental game of I can't get pregnant naturally, but then finally there's these medical advancements that allow you to do it anyway, and then you can't even keep the babies, and it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. And then this clinic is just totally blowing them off. Like this is a hundred percent not acceptable. No, no, it's not. But uh, they're gonna get theirs, and it's it's gonna be good. I mean, they can prove all of it. So it's, it. You just can't you can't make errors like this. They're just these companies don't have these systems in place to make sure this doesn't happen, and it's really disheartening. It's, it's crazy that. You can
1: do this technology and get someone pregnant under a, a microscope and inject them and and this and that, and then you don't take simple precautions as to how not to mix up the specimens. Like, it's the simplest thing in the world. It's just crazy.
0: Well, I think everybody is just so vegged out. And, you know, I find it funny because I get made of fun of so often because I have my journal, you know, that I religiously schedule out every week. And all like everything in my life, and everybody thinks I'm a psycho for doing that, but that's how you run a business and you keep things together. So I think some people need to take more A type and anally organized people to be kind of controlling these systems because I just don't see how this even is possibly acceptable. So to you're saying you wouldn't put like me in charge of the freezer at the embryo clinic? I don't think I would and it's no it's nothing against you I just think I'm more organized than you so if the job was between the two of us I would think me the spreadsheet queen could keep could keep a little more organization going in that system.
1: All right, so this next story I wanted I wanted to talk about because this this situation has happened to me before. Do you want to get started on it? Oh my god, as I was
0: reading this I was sweating. <laughs> This 22-year-old woman went to the bathroom around midnight and nothing was out of the ordinary, and then an hour later goes back and realizes her her legs are turning blue. So her her and her partner call an ambulance, and the medics thought she was having a blood clot, and as they're going through the medical process of getting to the hospital, her fingers start turning blue as well. and She's freaking out. Nobody knows what's going on. So hours pass, and her legs start then turning black and... They think they're bruised. They put her on a blood thinner. Nobody could figure out quite what's going on, but it turns out that the dye in her leggings was rubbing <laughs> off on her legs, which was turning her legs black and it's, blue.
1: It's seriously like this has happened to me because I wear black jeans almost every single day of my life, and if you if you're outside and you get like wet in the rain or if you sweat or something, it stains your your skin sometimes blue blue jeans do it too, right? And I yeah. remember I had like a you know those like really dark Levi's, the the like old school color ones, those really really dark blue ones. I had them once and like I pulled my pants down to go to the bathroom and my thighs were like all blue. and I was like, what the fuck? Why is my skin such a weird color? And then I was like, oh, I saw it on my fingers later and i was like oh it, it has to be from my pants just from like sweating or something and i'm sure this has happened to so many other people just not this woman but it it's it you start reading the story and you're just like oh god this lady had a was having a blood clot while she was pregnant psa and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's it's because
0: of her pants the dye in her pants i mean best case scenario for the situation, she posted her, her this whole story on tiktok and it's gone viral obviously because it's hilarious and she's like i'm so embarrassed (laughs) to talk about it it's true she she,
1: like she she is giving some uh information because like if this happens to someone else then they would save themselves embarrassment going to the emergency room for absolutely no reason that's just like a roll back over
0: and go to bed thing you know what i mean and look at all the drama it caused oh yeah totally so at least this is a good situation coming out of it and funny to talk about. But I've definitely been in that position as well. So I feel like most people that wear black jeans or leggings totally can really. <laughs> it's true. All right. In other
1: death news, we have one story this week, which is a story. I don't believe that we talked about it on Mother Knows Death, but we have talked about it in the gross room for sure, that it involves a funeral home in Colorado called Return to Nature that started around 2 se- 2017 and their mission was to give people to offer people green burials which is without embalming fluid and also cremations.
0: So do you want to tell them so, what like what bad shit they did? <laughs> yeah, so so there was the police were getting all these reports of this absolutely horrible smell coming from this building in Colorado. And so in November, the owners of this funeral home were arrested. Well, first of all, they fled to Oklahoma trying to avoid prosecution. Like you could possibly do that in this case, but um, investigators entered the Colorado funeral home and found 200 abandoned bodies. There was stacks of partially covered human remains, bodily fluid, several inches deep on the floor, flies and maggots in the whole building. How absolutely disgusting. Can you even fathom what that would smell like? No, I can't. But I mean, technically, it is a bur a green burial without embalming fluid. Yeah, but this no, is where the not, problem comes it's in. It's not cool. There, there's a lot of problems. Trust me. A lot. Well, maybe if these people had stink bombs and they <laughs> get the point. Yeah, issues, I, ho- but... I hope
1: that the police did that showed up and had to. And, and also the all of the investigators that had to take all these
0: bodies and examine them and identify them so 23 of the bodies were from 2019 and 61 of them were from 2020 the messed up part is that some of these families had received cremains of their loved ones supposedly but it turns out that these people were sending them concrete like concrete mix it's it's instead. so messed
1: up like there there was one story about a a woman that thought her husband was he was military he was a vet and thought that he was taken care of in at, at a vet cemetery and um they didn't they didn't even sh- sh- it's not even him like it's it's just so crazy to think about that they also found animal mm-hmm. remains so i'm assuming that they were trying to push off like dead animal remains as as human as well giving them to people They were saying that this was a mixture of infants, children, adults, and it's like their marketing is like, hey, we don't we're not going to put all these chemicals into your family member. And I mean, I guess I don't know what their plan was, because technically they're not doing that. But like, what were they doing? They were just going to plan on
0: what was their plan? It just doesn't make any sense. Again, idiots were texting each other about it. So obviously that's been pulled up, but. The police found texts between them showing that they were under financial pressures. They had fears they'd be caught for mishandling the bodies. One of the co-owners, the co-owners were also, the owners were also a married couple. So one of them suggested getting rid of the bodies and digging them in a big hole or setting them on fire. Yeah, They they were going to dig a big hole and put lye
1: on them to, to digest their bodies. I mean- what do you think? like I, I want to know what their business plan was like, all right, we're gonna offer these green funerals. Like number one, well, we are interviewing a funeral director that uh, this week or next week. So we we're definitely gonna ask these questions. like when you open a funeral home, like don't aren't there regulations? Isn't there some kind of board coming in and checking to make sure you're doing what you're said you're doing and you're following
0: all of these standards? I don't know what their plan was. I I feel like there has to be some inspection service, but I don't know we could confirm that in the interview tomorrow. But also, I wonder if these bodies were stored in a building that was off premise of the funeral home so that they wouldn't get caught because then they would pass all the inspections because they wouldn't be looking in a random place.
1: Yeah, I just think though um, even with the inspections, they're not like, okay, like what's your procedure like when you accept a body? Like where is it going? Unless they were just playing the part and collecting the money so they didn't have to pay for the other stuff. I mean, I understand that that's probably what they were doing, but if you if you're if especially if you work in the funeral industry, you know what happens when humans decompose and stuff. I mean, you're talking like that amount of bodies, 200 bodies decomposing like that would smell very far away. It wouldn't be like from here to the next door neighbor's house. You would be able to smell it from a like a distance away, especially on days where it's like really windy or something. Just like what are you thinking? Like what, what did you think was going to happen with this that nobody would ever figure this out?
0: I, I think about how psycho the restaurant health inspections are. And it just makes me wonder how some of these other industries don't get in trouble because the restaurant industry is so psychotic with the inspections. I remember this one specific time, this bar I worked at, we got fined because our shelves in the basement that didn't hold any food on them weren't painted, they were just raw wood. And they had to come, they like failed us and had to come back for that. And then I think of this funeral home that has 200 decaying bodies for multiple years in a back room shoved somewhere and how they just kept going. I mean, 2019 was five years ago. Also, like just them,
1: like you're you're just showing up to this this place and like throwing a human on top of a pile of humans like you're 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 like missing a chip dude for real
0: and then you think you're going to go to Oklahoma and you're just not gonna get <laughs> yeah, charged like, at least
1: go to another country you morons
0: yeah so now they're accused of abusing corpses stealing laundering money forging documents um they're charged with approximately 190 counts of abuse of a corpse five counts of theft four counts of the money laundering 50 counts of the forgery they are absolute idiots and i feel really bad for the families that don't have their loved ones like real remains and they essentially got concrete mixed. that's really that horrible. actually
1: is like you know how we always talk about things that we could just like live our whole life not knowing like i just wouldn't even want to know i wouldn't want to know yeah like I, I and and i know that they have to notify you and everything but like th- that's like a like a life-ruining thing for people like if i if i was in If I had sent, like, my family member there and just knowing what I know about, like, what this visual scene was and thinking that, like, my dad or my anybody was, like, under a pile of decomposing people in a pile of, like, necrotic slop like that, it just would, like, further – it would just be permanently in my mind all all the time. Like, it just would – it would just be so upsetting and just – Thank God that this neighbor called the police and was like, what is that smell? And then imagine being that neighbor that smelled that all the time. She probably smelled it for a very long time before they decided to call because that's usually what happens. And then finding out that you're smelling people that are decaying, it would it would make you physically sick. Right. To think that you were smelling that in your house.
0: Well, on that note, the the Emmys were last night and this episode, remember last year they made that Jeffrey Dahmer show? Yeah. There was an episode nominated for best writing and it was called Bad Meat and it was when his neighbor called because the smell was so bad oh in the God. apartment. And I thought that was going to win because out of, I was that was a truly compelling episode, the way it was written. And that's all I could think about is that lady calling the police all the time saying it smelled so bad and then blowing her off. And then finally they're like, oh, this guy's just been killing and eating people for years.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least, I mean, thank God, though, that this person called because otherwise these people might have continued to get away with this. I mean, how would you? I, I think I I remember reading a, a past article with people saying, like, when, when you get cremains of someone if you've never seen them before how are you supposed to know what they look like they actually look quite i would think like prior like we watched meet the parents the other day remember the part where he pops the cork off and it hits the mom's urn and the urn falls on the ground and the ashes are there and then the cat pees on the ashes yeah that's not really what like that's not what cremains look like they're usually like a little bit more like chunkier there's like i mean It's not like it doesn't look like cigarette ashes like
0: you think it would look like, you know? Yeah, like you are familiar with it, but I would have zero idea. And I don't think I'd be Googling what it looked like if I wasn't talking about it. Now I'm going to because we're talking (laughs) about it and I'm curious. But I don't think in a normal setting if I had a loved one die, I'd be like, this might not be them. Let me look. And how are you going to trust even if you even if you sent your relative to them in the two, so they started in 2017 and they're saying the oldest bodies dated back to 2019, how are you going to trust in that two year window that you got services done there that you actually received the right process and you have your loved ones and they weren't just disposing of the bodies the whole time? Oh, I- Pretty much anybody that's ever been sent there has to consider it a wash because how would you know? And, and how, I mean, how many bodies are they getting there a, a, a year? I don't know. I just, I don't see, there has to be some mental illness or something going on. I just don't see how you could just keep collecting bodies. And don't you think if you got to a point where you had one body and you couldn't handle the services or you couldn't afford it that you would have to just shut down your business. People are so weird about stuff like it's, that. It's,
1: it, it always amazes me when you have like a couple, especially that two people come together and say like, you know what, this is how we're going to handle this. We're just going to put them in this giant barn and start stacking them on top of each other and closing the door. Like, and both of them were like, okay, that's a good idea. Let's keep doing that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think there's just something really deep going on and it's all going to come out in court because I... If they're I don't know I'm thinking if they fled they're going to try to plead not guilty to this because something clear something's clearly not right but you never know I would be interested in watching a trial of this magnitude but I also don't think we should waste the resources on people like this when they're so clearly guilty. All right, um, on to our questions of the day. Every Friday on the At Mother Knows Death Instagram, we put up a little question box. Your guys' questions are awesome every week, but we can only pick a couple to answer. So our first one this week is, have you ever served as an expert witness in court? No. I don't think that that's... Would you be interested? No. (laughs) That's... (laughs) I'm pretty
1: sure because we're like for malpractice purposes, we're covered underneath of the physicians that we work for, for the most part in the hospital. So I don't think like I don't know of any PAs that have for, for pathologist assistance anyway. I don't but I'm not saying that PAs don't do that. I'm just saying that in particular, like that's never been that's never been a thing that I've ever been
0: asked to do or anybody that I know in my profession has been asked to do. Alright, next. Are you a medical examiner? No. <laughs> so, a medical
1: examiner would be the one that would testify at court. I'm not a medical examiner. A medical examiner is like probably one of the most highly trained doctors that could be out there, and I'm certainly not one of those. Uh, a medical examiner has a, goes to medical school for four years, then does a pathology residency for four years, And then does additional forensic training on top of that before they're even allowed to be a medical examiner and they are the ones that perform the autopsies but also determine the cause of death at the for forensic autopsies mostly but obviously they do natural ones too because sometimes you don't know if a death is suspicious or not so the person the medical examiner do the autopsy and say oh they had cancer but they they just have to rule out that there wasn't foul
0: play or anything, but but no, I'm not a medical examiner. How do we pick guests, excluding the people that we already know? So I just am interested in so many different things that I want
1: to share with you guys that are really cool, and especially I have so many questions. So for example, tomorrow we are interviewing a pretty famous funeral director, and she, I I have a lot of questions to ask her because I've been doing autopsies for so many years and I never really sat down with a funeral director and had all of these conversations about things I've always had questions to. And I know everybody has questions too. And then there's just like all this other stuff that you didn't even know existed. So I'm going to ask her a bunch of questions that I have questions to. Um, there's all these we just hear all of this cool stuff and we meet all of these cool people and that's, that's how we decide, like what we're going to share with you. So we're going to, um, Dr. Shaham Das wrote a book called into minds that we loved and we love talking to him in the gross room. So we're going to have him on soon. Well, hopefully if he says yes, we have to ask him still, but, um, (laughs) we love him and he's a forensic psychiatrist and just his perspective on, on life is great. His perspective on criminals is great. Cause a lot of times, you know, we're sitting here talking about this lady that, that gave this baby acetone and button batteries, but he might be like, Oh no, she's got, she's got this and that. And it, sometimes you almost feel a little bit of sympathy for these criminals he talks about because of the, their mental, they're, they're not just like, all all of them, they're not, they don't have the devil in them. It's like they just have some psychiatric illness, maybe schizophrenia or something that has them hearing voices to do something. And then you feel terrible for them because they're, I mean, imagine hearing someone talk into your ear all day, telling you to do horrible stuff. It's like, it's, it's it's not their fault. It's like something's wrong with their brain, just like something would be wrong with their pancreas or their lungs. Um, So he has a really interesting perspective because he's worked in a psychiatric, a forensic psychiatric hospital, has been punched in the face by people, um, worked with killers, and, and just has a really interesting perspective. So um, we just think of, we always just think of like, wow, that's cool. People might want to know that because it's not common knowledge. So I guess that's how, And and obviously like, I have great connections with great people who are like, Hey, you might want to interview my friend. They do this or they do that. And, and then of course, suggestions from you guys all the time.
0: Yeah. We're really lucky to have you guys suggesting a bunch of people, which is how we lined up with our interview happening tomorrow. We'll keep that still under wraps, even though you could probably figure it out. (laughs) But, and then we have our awesome family friend, Michelle, that really helps with a lot of this stuff. And, you know, we we like to offer unique perspectives, and especially me as a layperson, I've learned so much from your interviews with people, especially your interview with Dr. Stephen Lin yesterday. I learned all this crazy stuff about how leaky gut and dental issues relate, and, and sun exposure and my mind is blown, so it's cool to really expand on some of these stories that we can, o- we only have so much time to get into and take a deeper dive on them. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's it. And if you, if you guys have any suggestions, like obviously we're on Instagram, that's our biggest platform, but like, we don't know every influencer that's doing cool things. We're um, just writing cool books or anything like that. So if you guys have any recommendations, we're always
0: open to hear it because we just want to share all the cool knowledge and we like to go on other shows too. So if you think we'd have a good spot on somebody else's show, you should let them know you'd like to hear us on yeah, there. Totally. So, <laughs> all right. Our last question is: What are each of our roles within our business? Um, well, Maria's the boss, <laughs> and uh, I have to
1: ask permission. <laughs> but um, yeah. I guess I make most of the content. I would say that's my particular job is just like coming up with the ideas, writing all the stuff, writing all the Instagram. um, And then I come up with other ideas that I bring to Maria's attention to say like, Hey, could we do this? Obviously it's like, I'm a person and I'm married and I have three kids and she's a person and she's married. So there's only so much time in the day for us to do stuff. And I have, I have, ideas of like what I want to do and then we have ideas of like what's realistic to do because we a lot of it is like we're the only ones that could do it I don't know if we could really delegate it certain things to people um we did like recently not even recently maybe it's been like a year now that we hired Michelle in the gross room and she's writing articles for us and she has a completely different perspective than I do so it so it's great She's actually, I feel like she's a much better writer than I am too, but she, um, yeah, she writes about all sorts of interesting topics too, but mine is more from a perspective of working in the lab and doing autopsies and what I would look for and what I would see, and she writes just from a different perspective, so that's cool. Um, And Maria
0: writes articles sometimes too. Maria helps. Well, I like to I like to stick to more historical things that don't require so much medical background because I feel like that's your expertise. I yeah, like I like to write articles. I wrote one about um, the great smog in the in the '40s or '50s in England. They covered it on the crown, and that's where I initially saw it. So I like to write about stories like that that have a, a historical component, but. You could kind of just discuss what happened versus getting into all the nitty gritty like you usually do. So that's where I try to come in with cool facts. And then I I would say you're the front end, I'm the back end. You do <laughs> all the content stuff and I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like editing this podcast, setting up the meetings, making spreadsheets for everything, organizing the calendar, doing all of that. So we both have very different personality types when it comes to doing things but i think that this flow worked for us and the benefit of being a mother daughter duo is that when one of us messes up we could scream at each other but we still love each other at the end of the day so that's that's the kind of plus of working with family in that sense is you could scream your head off and not worry about some hr complaint (laughs) because i am hr so good
1: yeah and it's it's just, we, it, we just have a back and forth all day. Like, even if I'm writing, like yesterday, I was writing the first part of the, of the Black Dahlia case. So I'll just scream across the room and say, Hey, look this up for me. Is this, is this something that we know about? Like, I'll just, cause I didn't know even about this Glasgow smile thing. And then I said, Hey, Bree, like, what's up with this? This, I feel like this, this wound is weird. It's significant. Look it up. What is this? While I'm writing something else. So there's like a lot of back and forth stuff we do. Um, and Maria does all of the the AV stuff. Um, just getting the, the podcast together. She makes the clips. She set up the videos. She set up the, the platforms that we use. She does all like that technical stuff. She does the whole entire grocery website too.
0: Yeah, so we shockingly... Well, I'm sure... Some people can't tell, but I can't believe that that when we record this, we're not together. You're you're in your space. I'm in my space. We're not in the same area. So we're not in the same house. We're not in the same place. So that's been fun technically learning how to do that. But and her yelling every at me every day. time,
1: like, "Will you fucking get a new computer?
0: Your computer's too well, old. It's too slow. Get a good computer." It's, it, it's like Groundhog it Day, so but it it literally <laughs> is, but. Yeah and then every we do we do really work together every single day in person except for the day we record this. Yeah. And so. then
1: and then the weekends like you don't Saturday and Sunday you don't come to my house either but we usually see each other because we're family. Imagine
0: spending 40 <laughs> hours a week with your mother. <laughs> it, it,
1: yeah, it's really it's, horrible. Like you, your mom makes you lunch some days and and buys you lunch the other days and you ne- you never have God. to. You never have to buy your own coffee, and and let's go on and on about this. You can come to work in your you pajamas.
0: Do, you do make an exceptional latte, I will say. So I am very grateful for that. And the days you don't, you buy me bubble tea, and again, I'm very thankful. <laughs> so, no, we have we have a really good dynamic, and. It is it is really just us two and then Michelle helps us with some content and other little things. So thank you guys for your patience all the time cuz it's it's frustrating at times but we you know, we have a lot going on. There's there's a lot happening. There's a lot of content being put out and it's only us two, so there's only so much we could do. Yes, thank you for your but patience. We appreciate all of your all of you listeners and we're stoked to do this show, and it's been a really cool couple of months so yeah, far. Yeah, it has. We've we've been having a great time doing this. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. It's snowing where we live, and we're having a nice little cozy snow day recording. So I hope wherever you are, you're having a nice little day. So we will see you guys next week with our interview with our secret guest and our new episode. So bye.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to Mother Knows Death. As a reminder, my training is as a pathologist assistant. I have a master's level education and specialize in anatomy and pathology education. I am not a doctor and I have not diagnosed or treated anyone, dead or alive, without the assistance of a licensed medical doctor. This show, my website, and social media accounts are designed to educate and inform people based on my experience working in pathology so they can make healthier decisions regarding their life and well-being. Always remember that science is changing every day and the opinions expressed in this episode are based on my knowledge of those subjects at the time of publication. If you are having a medical problem, have a medical question, or are having a medical emergency, please contact your physician or visit an urgent care center, emergency room, or hospital. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother Knows Death on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks.